TED Audio Collective. It, it kind of feels like you're promising a fight in the title. So conversations oh. with people who hate me implies that there's going to be a conflict. Mm-hmm. And then you listen and it's kind of a love fest. <laughs> uh, Do you not like the love fest aspect of it? I don't mind it. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Hey, I'm Dylan Marin, and this is Conversations with People Who Hate Me, the show where I use negative online comments as a starting point for offline conversations. If you're a creator, you hope people will like the work you make, but you know that not everyone will. Every so often, though, you'll come across someone who takes the time to tell you why they don't like something you've made. Today, I'm talking to Steve who really does not like this podcast. Yes, the very one you're listening to right now. A little while ago, he tweeted, I listen to shitty podcasts, too many TBH, but for some reason, I just can't get conversations with people who hate me out of my fucking head. It's so bad for a host of reasons, and yet the New York Times thinks this is, quote, advancing the dialogue. Such a masturbatory and flawed concept, so... (laughs) I figured I'd give him a call. Hello. Hey, Steve. How are you? Dandy, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Dandy, that's fancy. Um, So, there are many questions that we can start with, but I usually like to start with this one. How's your day going so far? Can't complain. Okay. So, Steve, in only as many details as you want to share on this podcast, um, tell me about you. So, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Great. I have been since the medium was young. Really? I've I've hosted a few. Uh, currently I host a fan podcast about a comedian no one has heard of. <laughs> That's amazing. Who's the comedian? Joe Matarese. I don't know Joe Matarese. You must not be in America's Got Talent. I know. Uh, deep oh, diver. <laughs> are, so, so you host a podcast about Joe Matarese. I co-host a podcast about Joe Matarese. It's me and his solitary real fan. Oh, great. Uh, so I would count myself more as an ironic fan. Wonderful. Whereas, uh, Karen from Philly is very, uh, down for the cause. Wait, I love this. So you and another fan of this America's Got Talent comedian banded together and you said, we're going to start a fan podcast. No, she started it because it's been a long obsession of hers. Oh and my God. I was, I was a recurring guest and then I became hooked on Joe's antics. And then Whoa. there was this documentary called An Inconvenient Goof all about <laughs> Joe's life. A wonderful, and, held to the same esteem as an inconvenient truth, right? Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, Oscar-winning documentary, yes, I love. Um, well, you are 
not a fan of this podcast, and that is totally okay. I affirm you in all of your opinions and beliefs. I've known you for only a few minutes. I think you're a great person. But um, Steve, you tweeted, I listen to shitty podcasts, too many TBH, but for some reason I just can't get conversations with people who hate me out of my fucking head. It's so bad for a host of reasons, and yet the New York Times thinks this is advancing the dialogue. Such a masturbatory and flawed concept. <laughs> so Steve, you are on the podcast that is a masturbatory and flawed concept. I really mean this respectfully, out of true curiosity, but what uh, don't you love about the show? So let me start by saying I don't hate you. Okay, uh, great. I mean, the, the title is meant somewhat ironically because it's more about the fact that when we read negativity about ourselves or our work on the internet, it feels like hate. So I, I got the sense from the way we're talking that you don't, you're not burning with a rage of hate for me. I, I understand that. Okay. And then I, then I feel that there's sort of a, like, it, I, it kind of feels like you're promising a fight in the title. So conversations oh. with people who hate me, mm -hmm. with, with people who hate me implies that there's going to be a conflict, like just mm -hmm. by the nature of its title. Mm -hmm. And then you listen and it's kind of a love fest. <laughs> uh, and does that, do you, do you not like the love fest aspect of it? I don't mind it. I would rather that. But then also I listened to the first episode mm -hmm. where you're talking to Chris. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Chris. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember the guy's name. And he didn't like you mm -hmm. for, a host of reasons. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of felt like you were reciting talking points to one another for most of the show. And then at the beginning, you said you weren't going to talk about politics and you wound up talking about politics. And the fact that you said that you weren't going to talk about politics kept me listening because mm -hmm. I generally will tune that sort of stuff out because I'm at work and you know there's a mixed audience mm -hmm. and don't want to, you know, mm -hmm. generally when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm yeah. at work in, in, in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, so I, I try to keep politics out of it as much as I can. And then you're responding to each other's memes as imagined in your head. Hmm. So you felt that it was the first episode was just distilled talking points of each side. Right. Right. I, yeah. And then one thing, and, and I will clarify this for sure and, and go back and listen. I don't know if I said it wasn't meant to be a political podcast. I think what I said was that it's not a debate show. I mean, I think the show inherently gets political sometimes just because that, that is sometimes the basis of the disagreement. But either way, so you weren't a fan of the first episode. And you listened to the second episode? I listened to the half episode. What's the, what's the one that's like only a couple minutes long? And it's a lot of clips. Oh, uh, just the teaser to announce that it was a podcast. Oh, to announce that it was, okay, like a birth announcement. So the basis was you heard the teaser and you heard the first episode and you were not a fan. Right, not Great. a fan. I thought the show was kind of oversold. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the New York Times talked it up and then I listened to it and it was uh, pretty much just like listening to any two dudes talk politics. But you, but I also kind of felt like you were doing that thing that folks trick themselves into doing on social media where mm -hmm. they think that if they can keep it together while holding a conversation with somebody of opposing beliefs and 
be civil the entire time, that they've made some sort of great advance when really all you've pretty much done is held a conversation. Well, you haven't listened beyond the first episode, right? This is correct. Okay. So, I I mean, I think as with, with many shows and maybe your podcast as well, but I think there has been a, an evolution and an exploration of depth. I'm not only speaking to people who politically disagree with me, but sometimes, you know, terrifyingly people who I'm very politically aligned with who uh, maybe just find me annoying or think I'm the wrong type of liberal and all of that stuff. Um, but, you know, I receive your criticism of of the first episode sounding like um, it's just people thinking that because they stayed on the phone with each other, it's, I mean, yeah, you first. Uh, Sorry. The the other thing, and this is kind of a more meta criticism, Mm -hmm. but I think it sort of orients you toward negativity. Like in order to book the show, you'd have to constantly be on the lookout for people who hate you. And like, I, I don't understand why I would want to listen to a show where like the, the person's constantly on the lookout for negativity. Like, I, I don't understand because we, we get, we, we get hate all the time. I mean, it's a, it's a trans woman and me, a self-described gutter faggot hosting this show. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 we need to pause. That is amazing. You are a self-described gutter faggot. Oh yeah. Uh, this is wonderful. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, so you guys get a lot of hate on your show. Constantly. And the absolute last thing we would ever do is give these people a bunch of airtime. Uh, a lot of them are very attention starved. And yeah. Well, I think in terms of it being a show where I have to always be on the lookout, I truly, and maybe this will sound too gushy to you, but like I have a great love for my guests because they're willing to like come on the phone with me and have a conversation and like turn ourselves from anonymous internet avatars to people. So in terms of the starved for attention, I feel like there's a strong enough filtration system where I'm getting people who are interested in having a nuanced conversation who are willing to be a little you know, at least a little introspective on the condition that I'll be introspective as well. And so I think it like, it takes a little more energy than someone who's just looking for like, you know, quick fame. Also, it's a podcast and not, you know, like a video where you'll see their face. So I, I don't know how much like notoriety or attention comes from just being a voice guest on a podcast. So there's that. And then also in terms of the idea of like always being on the hunt for people who don't like me or people who quote unquote hate me, which I've, you know, established what that word means and why I use it. But it's, you know, I've I've evolved the show. So now I also moderate conversations between people. So activists, artists, anyone who has ever existed on the internet, just regular old people who have gotten into online negativity with someone else, and I moderate conversations between them. So now the, the list is kind of growing. You felt that the show was oversold. You remember me saying that the show was not a political show. And then we talked politics in the first episode. You thought we were repeating talking points in the first episode. And you felt that it was just a love fest. Am I missing something? Um, 
No, I think you pretty much got yeah, it. Okay, okay, great, great, great. I love going through this list of things that you're not a fan of about the show because now uh, it, it's it's almost like you are a, a vocal manifestation of of some of my more negative thoughts about myself. And if I have doubts about this podcast, it's like your voice. Um, and so now it feels like it's lovely. There's a there's a human voice to to all of my negative thoughts yeah, in my head got, about it, the show. It, it's got that like midwestern like gruff to it with a layer of gay but like in <laughs> a like but with also millennial snarky it's this, it's yes. this voice i have I, I always sound like i'm a few seconds away from narrating a 9-11 truth documentary oh my yeah, god well this is yeah. this is i i i welcome it it is nice to meet the manifestation of the negative voice in my head so hello wonderful i'm i'm so glad your name is steve um now i have a name for it, it but in all seriousness i don't want to like necessarily kind of like start defending the show, but I guess are there any questions you have about the show, about production of sh of the show, my intention of the show? Let me ask you this: yeah. What? So you said you started moderate, like moderating conversations between people. So it's mm -hmm. not necessarily just about you anymore. I think exactly. that's a good thing because I think that over time, a lot of podcast hosts, and I'm not saying I'm immune to this, mm -hmm. become sort of narcissistic, and they think they like think the, the entire world is them and their stuff. So the fact oh, that you're doing yeah. things that involve other people yeah. where you don't have to necessarily be super invested is yeah. probably a good development. What else has changed since the show started? Because remember, I've listened to nothing. Well, <laughs> well, one episode, it's okay, but you know, you can form an opinion at any time. That's the, I think, written into the constitution of the internet. Um, how do I think it's evolved? That's a great question. Well, I think I am learning what is like most productive for a conversation. I've I've pinpointed the intention of the show, which is to move an online conversation offline. And that's kind of why I was interested in getting to know you. And I I don't see you as um a hater. I don't, you know, necessarily feel, especially now talking to you, that you hate me, but it is I think soothing to me to be able to talk to you and understand you as a three-dimensional human after having read this tweet, you know? Okay. Something you said in your tweet was that you disagreed with this notion that the New York Times praised it for, that it was advancing the dialogue. And yeah, yeah. So, so you don't think at least the first episode, the only one you've heard, is advancing the dialogue, right? Not really, no. Okay, great. Um, and, and I don't think most things advance the dialogue. I think that sort of gets thrown around mm -hmm. and uh, gets applied to things like stand-up comedy specials, at, which are by their nature monologues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like people like because it, it's a really easy sort of non-falsifiable claim if something's advancing the dialogue. You can't prove that something's not advancing the dialogue. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, it's a really easy thing to say and, like, kind of sort of like a nebulous in terms of, like, pinpointing, like, how exactly anything advances the dialogue, mm -hmm. you know? I, I mean, I get that. You know, I'm only hoping to put on a platform what conversations through the internet can sound like. Um, what are what is your take on the way humans communicate in 2018 for the lack of a more nuanced and detailed question? I generally find that the most rational, uh, norm, 
to even use the word normal, normal people that I deal with are people who have a very like small to low social media footprint. Would you say that you have a small to medium social media footprint? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so you don't, yeah. you don't have a, do you, so you are on, are you, how invested in social media are you? Uh, not as much as I used to be. So mm. I have put together more of a place lately to only be on my phone at given times, which mm. obviously reduces the amount yeah. of time that you're sitting there scrolling, but I don't I'm trying really to do that, that too. I, if you want to talk about things that don't advance the dialogue, I mean, you know, Twitter's a far worse offender than, than your show. my podcast. Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> okay, right. great. Yeah. Well, I'm honored to rank above Twitter as advancing the dialogue. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally with you. I think I get, like, fully sucked into notification land. I think I, I also, the most egotistical version of myself comes out, and I hate it, where I'm like kind of very fascinated by what people are saying about me and my work. And I, I wish I, I'm, I'm really trying to steer clear of going too far down that well of narcissism. And I'm only using right. that to critique myself, not you, not any listener. But I have found for me that I, I like kind of trip into my own reflection when I'm, I'm just searching my name on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, ooh, there has to be something healthier than this. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I also have been really, really, really trying to rein in my desire to tweet things. I think I like perhaps others, I found myself tweeting about things that I wasn't an expert on and just being like, yep, gonna hurl myself into this conversation that no one asked me to be part of, you know, um, and I'm 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 trying to do that, and and I hope getting better at it. But do you 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 said you you got better at not overdoing social media? How how are you using social media before? Stay right there. We'll be right back. Before we continue, I just want to say thanks for being here. Also, you can be on this show too. Has someone said something negative about you online, or maybe you've said something negative about someone else? Either way, after this episode is over, go to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com where you can fill out a guest form. And if you don't want to be on this show, that is totally cool. I appreciate you just the same. Maybe consider telling a friend about this show. Word of mouth has brought this podcast around the world, so your recommendation goes a long way. All right, let's get back to the conversation. How are you using social media before? So I used to be on Facebook a lot. Mm -hmm. And if you want to like make drug comparisons in terms of harm, I feel that Facebook would be closer to meth, oh. whereas Twitter would be closer to crack. Whoa. Like you could do, you could do crack for like a good number of years and like it'll, it'll, it'll age you like it'll be awful for you, but mm -hmm. you'll be alive. Whereas with meth, uh, it, there's a real shorter leash. So why do you think Facebook is so bad for, for your mental health? Uh, it, it just, I think the way the, the algorithm is set up and the way that it, uh, I, with Twitter's muting phrases, I, it's a lot easier to not get sucked into certain topics. Yeah. So my, my list of muted phrases is pretty long and yeah. includes like a lot of, you know, frequent news events that I know I'm not going to react positively to. Yeah. Uh, a lot oh, of key phrases that, yeah. that, that people use, a lot of key spellings of words that people use, like, on the internet to, like, yeah. signal things one way or the other. They're, they're all muted. So, like, 
you never, ever, ever see them. Whereas on Facebook, you can't do that. So yeah. they're like, they're trying to, and I'm not a huge fan of using the word, they're trying to trigger you. It's, it's a bait. And uh, I feel it's a little less blatant on Twitter. I mean, hmm. it's, it's bad, but it's yeah, yeah, not yeah. as. But Twitter is your drug of choice when it comes to social media. Yeah. Okay, great. Now we're kind of veering into the topic of kind of the internet and the harm the internet has. And I think what I'm also trying to do with this podcast is like create a little spot of hope on the internet. And maybe, I don't know if that made you totally vomit in your mouth for the fact that I even said that. <laughs> and that's okay if it did. But um, does, are, are, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think that the internet is a hopeless place? I mean, you you self described your you described yourself as a gutter faggot. So I don't know if, right. if the internet is itself the gutter in your mind. Tell me, and illuminate <laughs> illuminate it for me. Yeah, it kind of is a gutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, was that the plan all along to create a little wellspring of hope? Well, I think our psychology is just different if we got into a, you know, comment section, you know, war with each other where we were just trying to dunk on the other and trying to totally own the other um, in those terms that we use for social media um, dialogue. But I I just think it's like – what you what one thinks that they would do if they were face to face with someone or voice to voice with someone on a call is just so different than what actually happens. I mean, I I I understand that you're staying true to the fact that you're not a fan of this podcast, um, but I I also think that we have to even admit that it is like playing well now in the sense that talking to you is a, a much more lovely experience than just reading um, that you can't get my podcast out of, quote, your fucking head. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but again, like you're having a conversation with somebody who doesn't hate you. Right. So. And, and so that's something that is important to establish about this show, that it's like, it is not people who are raging at and hate me, but it is people who have written things that I think are, you know, negative or mean and but my mind and I think many of our minds read negativity as hate on the internet. Um and and if you disagree with that explanation for why I have the word hate in the title, that's totally fine, but I just wanted, you know, that's why I used Yeah, the word. I I think it's kind of like the, the first thing I heard when I saw the name of the show is, well, Jesus, how many fucking enemies does this guy right, have? Right, right, right. Where where are you going to find all these people that constantly hate you? And the answer is, uh, you kind of don't. But to give you a a bigger sense, I will tell you that when you're receiving even, I think at the time, like it was about 10 messages a day of people ranging from calling me a faggot to calling me a fucking SJW snowflake to uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah, to Tuesday. fellow lefties, right. yeah. yeah, to fellow lefties calling, you know, saying like I'm doing liberalism wrong, is that it really does feel like hate, and it's so overwhelming, and that is the experience of the internet, I think, for so many people. So, the purpose of the podcast is not to convert people. Do you know what I mean? Like, I because I understand that 
in the course of a phone call, I cannot change someone's mind radically. Um, in the course of the phone, this phone call, for example, I don't think you're going to leave being like, you know what? I think this show is amazing, and <laughs> I think this show is advancing the dialogue, and and that's okay. It's more just about. Well, no one ever liked anything because someone explained to you after you hated it. Exactly. It's exactly. Good. It's like no, no, no. <laughs> let Steve. Let me explain to you. This is why you actually love this podcast and this phone call is going to right. end with you and I uh, prancing off into a Jointly rainbow. writing my five-star review. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, the thing is, I welcome you to continue to critique the show as much as you want, as vocally as you want. It's just, it is nicer I to me. I got it all out in May, I'd say. Okay, great. And that is itself, yeah. this, like, the whole point of this podcast. It's like, it's, I, I, I like speaking to people better than I like reading them shorter, distilled, uh, nastier versions of what they think, whereas you telling me what you don't like about this podcast is so much more constructive than it is to read your tweet, for example. And I think there's a discrepancy with how humans, I'm including myself in this, how humans write on the internet and how they speak to each other when they're not on the internet. And I just, I, I'm interested to not sound too academic, but I'm interested in exploring that in-between space, you know? Do you think that idea will sound ridiculous to anyone born after 1999? Meaning, do I think that this is a ridiculous idea for, like, the younger set? Yeah, like, I, I think that to, uh, I, again, generalizing. But I really feel that there's less of a gap between the way people talk online and the way people talk offline with people that never lived in an era where they didn't have the internet. I noticed it with my nephews and nieces, and yeah. <laughs> what, wait, just give me an example. I'm I, I, truly out of just curiosity. They they use abbreviations. They yeah. Uh, yeah, they uh, they'll tell you exactly what they think in real time. Uh, you know, similar to you know how I do with your show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they kind of talk in internet comments. And I totally get that. But I think what you're bringing up is lingo and speech patterns. What I'm more talking about is the inevitability that speaking face-to-face to a human that you have decided to, have consented to speaking to, I think is a different experience than engaging with a tweet in your mind and that tweet then forming this whole other life in your mind. Do you know what I mean? Well, of course. Yeah. Like, but everybody knows that. Well, I forget that sometimes. You know, I think there are days, maybe my more isolating days, where most of the voices, quote-unquote voices, that I'm engaging with are just voices of people that I scroll past. And as I scroll past them, I'm I'm projecting onto them what I, who I think they are. Yeah. I mean, do you do the same? Yeah, I think that happens on the internet. I think that happens in real life. And that's yeah, the scary as we part. pass people. Is, is, is like, you know, you, you walk directly past people. Totally. Uh, you know, totally. You don't say shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's the same psychology of walking in a busy train station and you pass thousands of people, hundreds of people, and I just see this as, you know, tapping one of them to ask if they want to have a conversation. The internet is just a massive train station where everyone's just walking all the time and you're projecting onto them. And I think, you know, 
I do love the internet. I appreciate the internet, but I still think it's healthy to move conversations offline sometimes. And that's okay if 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 you don't find <laughs> that's that. That's why con- I record them and put them online. Yeah, I mean, you're an adult who's consenting to being recorded right yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? No, I understand that. Yeah, we we need to have more conversations offline. That's why I have conversations online. That's well, basically what you just said. It's, it's it's just funny. It's a funny thought. I'm not saying like I no, totally. I mean, yes, we are using technology afforded through the internet. I just mean we are moving off of social media and now talking voice to voice. But listen. Steve, you're not a fan of the show, and I'm maybe you're not a huge fan of me. <laughs> That's totally fine. No, um, no, I'm a fan of you. I'd say. Okay, great. Well, I'm a fan of you. Look at look at us. Um, so you bristle at the idea that my podcast is perhaps a spot of hope on the internet. Or, or at least that that's my intention. You're not, I... Well, comparatively, it's a spot of hope. But I mean, what is that really saying, you know? I don't know. I, what I'm reading from you is like, you're really not a fan of me saying that, that I see it as a spot of hope. And I'm just curious to hear why. Yeah, I think you're sort of over... Like, I, I, again, like, I think, I think you're sort of making too much. You should just present, like, maybe present them just as talks. And uh, here's two folks having a conversation. Like I, yeah, well, I, but it started I, with negativity. Wrapping it in all this like wellspring of hope, advancing the dialogue. Like, it, like I feel that you're kind of building things up in a certain way when when you say it that way. If you get what I mean. Well, I sure. I I also think it's like I, I think it's healthy to have a big and hearty aim for what you want to do. And it's okay if you fall short for it. I mean, do you, do you articulate or identify the goal that you have with your podcast? Yeah. To be the number one news source for Joe Mattarese content anywhere on the internet. Okay, and great. We're, we're, and, and we did it. We're, we're number one. Well, I mean, not, uh, not to, not to identify it, but I also think that there's like a, maybe a difference in the kind of entertainment that you and I value. And that's great. That's lovely. But I, yeah. I think that judging from the show that you make and, and perhaps from the things that you like, there is like, I, I think there is like a, a healthy dose of, irony yeah like an ironic quality that you like with with the work you do and and maybe there's something a little too like kind of gratingly earnest about to you about me saying that i see it as a spot of hope do you know what i mean yeah the spot of hope doesn't doesn't bother me as much as the advancing the dialogue that one actually did make me vomit in my mouth have i ever said that i wanted to advance the dialogue no, I think that I think the New York Times said that. Let's and, let's just at least fact check this. A New okay. York Times. I'm mean, truly not like to to pull one on you. New York Times, Dylan Marin. I might be fake news. I'm totally willing to. No, that. yeah. that's okay. Um. Okay. So. Because I don't know if my initial tweet, I, I I probably would have quoted advancing the dialogue if it actually said that. I, I, that might be my own characterization. In your tweet, you quoted advancing the dialogue. So I'm there have been two New York Times pieces about me. Okay, the first, the interview that I did, 
they do not say advancing the dialogue, but you know, I'm I'm scanning through it to give you all the benefits of all the doubt to make sure maybe perhaps I said something that you hate equally as much as me. Yeah, saying, no, just just if you could just do like a quick scan through I'm for doing anything that you think it would make scan. me make the jerk off symbol with my hand. Okay, well, I said um, just because someone says something outrageously mean to you online doesn't mean they're sad and lonely. I want to want I wanted to go towards these messages rather than run away from them. How does that sit with you? That uh, that's fine. Okay, great. Okay, let's go to the second times piece. Um, I, I'm really holding out hope that somewhere I said advancing the time, uh, the dialogue, or they said it. So pulling up the second article, advancing. Okay, there's no advancing the dialogue in the second one. But again, I'm going to do a scan for you with the hope that I said something that makes your eyes roll. Uh, bu, bu, bu. Oh, okay, maybe this is it. For Mr. Marin, at least, it's easier to change hearts than minds. And then it ends. Oh, yeah, uh, there yep, we go. Okay, maybe that's what made your eyes roll. Um, and then it quotes what a, what a guest said to me, which is, you know, I, I, you are helping me listen more, and I think listening is productive. So maybe that was something that you didn't love? Uh, that's possible as well. Okay, yeah. great. So but, the Times did not uh, say I was advancing. By both, by both the title and... Uh, Potentially the New York Times. Like what I found what the New York Times was saying about the show was a lot worse than what you were saying about the show. We have at least proved that the Times never said that I was advancing the dialogue, nor did I say I was advancing the dialogue, but I invite you to imagine me saying that I'm advancing I have, the dialogue. I, it's also possible I got that from iTunes reviews, because I'm I, I can almost definitely assure you that that's said in iTunes reviews. But I think that is a perfect encapsulation of the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. think confusing an iTunes review with a New York Times article is... That's an allegory. It's an allegory. It's a great allegory. Um, well, Steve, I have enjoyed talking to you. I, I don't think I have a new fan on the podcast, but at least I know you exist. I've had a really nice time talking to you. Maybe you've had the same. Maybe you feel that this conversation is hopeful, or, I mean, do you feel like <laughs> this conversation was a waste of time? No. Okay, great. It's fine. Wonderful. Yeah. Fine. I love it. That is your review. <laughs> Our conversation fine. was yeah. fine. Um, well, like I promised in our pre-call, I, I wanted to check in. Do you feel comfortable with mo this moving forward as an episode, or how do you feel? Yeah, it was fine. Okay, great. So you're okay yeah. with this turning into an episode? Yeah, it's cool. Okay, wonderful. Um, well, I guess with that being said, Steve, I will... Um, I'm signing off, but I will, you know, see you on the internet, and uh, you're welcome to let me know if if you're not a fan of my podcast in the future. All right, cool. Okay. Uh, I'll plan. See you on Scrum. <laughs> Bye, Steve. <laughs> yeah, later. If you'd like to be a guest on this show and take your own online conversation and move it offline, please visit www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com for more information. Conversations with People Who Hate Me is a production of Night Vale Presents. Vincent Cascione is the sound engineer and mixer. Christy Gressman is the executive producer. The theme song is These Dark Times by Caged Animals. The logo was designed by Rob Wilson. And this podcast was created, produced, and hosted by me, Dylan Marin. Special thanks to Adam Cecil, Emily Moeller, and our publicist, Megan Larson. 
We'll be releasing episodes every other week, so I'll see you in two weeks with a brand new conversation. Until then, remember, there's a human on the other side of the screen. Dark times.